How we doing, everybody? And welcome back to the Esports Forever podcast. My name is Ryan B. Hebert, alongside Jacob Schrader, bringing you the latest in esports, crypto, and NFT news. So, absolutely. Before we get started, Jacob, let's talk about our podcast sponsor, EMP.money. What's going on with them right now? Absolutely. So, EMP.money, the amazing sponsor of everything we do here at Zen Sports. Uh, EMP Money is doing great, right? So EMP is a signerage protocol, right? That uses controlled inflation to create an economy around the EMP token. The EMP token, right, is pegged to the price of Ethereum at a 4,001 ratio, right? So this is similar to Tomb. This is similar to Luna, right? But instead of trying to peg to an arbitrary stable coin or to the phantom coin that doesn't have a network around it, mm. we're pegged to Ethereum and we're dominating because of that. Uh, we're currently above peg. Right. And when we're above peg, we're printing new EMP through the boardroom to those who own e-shares. Uh, everything else in the protocol is incredibly strong. The detonator lottery contract specifically uh, has seen crazy volume. I think in the last two days, uh, in the last five minutes of each of the last two days, we've seen over $100,000 added to the detonator wow. just to just to, you know, in hopes of claiming the top the pro- deposit prize. Right. So every day the detonator gives out about eighty thousand uh, dollars in non-liquid uh, but compoundable and, uh, you know, withdrawable of one percent every day. Right. You know, you, you, we don't just give it out as, as liquid EMP, ETH, LP, um, but rather it's added to your principal. So you don't dump it in everyone's head and we maintain a stable economy. Um, that's really uh, an update for EMP. Uh, super exciting stuff as always. Thank you, Jacob. And uh, big shout out to EMP.money. Go check out their protocol. They've got a lot of stuff on there. It's it's a great way to kind of get invested into a crypto community that really cares about community. I think that's that kind of goes understated sometimes. You know, I think if you're looking for the Gary V of crypto projects and and products, EMP.money. When, when you really talk about the community being built. I mentioned Gary V because we're going to be mentioning him today and his community because VCon happened very recently in Minneapolis and uh, we'll, we'll be coming around, coming around to that topic. But first off is this article from Esports Insider talking about uh, how esports experts descended on Nottingham University or Nottingham Trent University, NTU, alongside Confetti Institute of Creative Technologies, where uh, there was a week-long program on masterclasses, talkbacks, performances, workshops, game jams, basically just an overall like big week-long masterclass of esports production, esports entertainment, how to be on air, what to do behind the scenes. You know, uh, there are more and more universities across the world that are introducing training and, um, you know, just overall like educational knowledge on the esports scene, because I feel like, and this, this is, you know, speaking from personal experience, you know, Esports background with with video production and streaming, you know, if you have a streaming video broadcast production background, you know, you pretty much are able to kind of fit into an esports mold. The difference is, is that the esports audience is not as easy to please as a mainstream, uh, you know, audience for TV or uh, for movies. 
right? Esports audiences demand more. You have to be engaging with your audience in order to, for them to be sticking around rather than just having a mindless program on for people. Uh, esports viewers, a lot of the time, they, they want to get in-depth into the action and experience what's going on. And if you don't have that, uh, the audience is not afraid to let you know, to tell you like that your on-air talent is dull, that your programming, uh, whether it be a slideshow showing different facts and statistics about uh, a popular esports title are out of date or you know anything like that. So really cool that this sort of stuff is happening. Kind of just wanted to bring it to light to start off today. Esports education, Jacob, what are your thoughts? Needed or not needed? No, I think this is great, right? I think this is, it's kind of a conference, but it's all focused on production of esports events. Um, it's pretty cool. I, I met a guy who does production for Valorant and his job is entirely getting those cool cinematic scenes, right? Where he's like flying through the map and then he zooms in on the, the cool statue in the center for a transition uh, or, you know, whether he's following uh, a player and, and, you know, using that at, during a cutscene. you know, it, it was really crazy to hear how intricate his, kind of setup was he had foot pedals that you know helped him rotate the camera oh, yeah. it's uh it was crazy um so i think this is great i think esports production is probably a little bit different maybe a little bit more interactive than you know different types of entertainment so it it, it would have been interesting to see what was said at at you know these events and this conference i think it's very similar to sports entertainment you know there's a ton of spectacle involved right uh between lighting and being on a stage right you know using giant convention centers as a stage for 10 people to be playing on pcs right like that it's hilarious right and in, in on paper and, and in concept but it does work people are hyped to see their favorite players and teams go at it but you have yeah. to set up the venue you have to set up the event because mm -hmm. if you don't have that then people aren't going to be hyped up they're not going to be jazzed for what's about to be coming you know yeah so i went to call of duty championships in los angeles last year and it was cool oh I it bet. was actually like super awesome um you know i watched the i think we had work we had, had a tournament it was on a saturday so i watched one of optics games um, and it was, it was really hype. Uh, I actually love the last year's competitive COD. I think this year's is horrible. Uh, so I haven't really watched anything, but I'll, I, you know, it is worth it. it. It's something I would go to again if I'm into another one of the game titles. And do you remember what the experience was like when you first walked in and as you were going through, uh, where, where you were for this event? Yeah. I mean, it was just cool. It was cool seeing a bunch of kids who were similar to me who just wanted to kind of have fun and enjoy the atmosphere you know, go around, look at the scuff controller booth. Um, you know, this one was not at a dedicated esports arena. It was at a, a UCLA, um, maybe stage, something okay. like that. But uh, sweet, hey, it was still cool. Works. It was it was really well done. They had a huge screen. You know, the casters were there doing their thing. The players were there. You know, the whole phase roster came in at one point to cheer their team on, and then you know, <laughs> got skedaddled out of there. Yeah. Um, because phase, you know, phase is really good at competitive COD right now. Very so I was really impressed. It was awesome. Glad to hear, man. Glad to hear. Well, esports education. Let's move on to some actual esports news, shall we? 
Uh, moving along here, Epic Games, you know, they've they their other biggest article right now and news dropping is that they're dropping a separate game from Fortnite onto their store, which is one of the first NFT uh, based games to be on the Epic Games store. I didn't include it here uh, because it just it's people know, you know, people know that this is happening right now. And if you don't now you do uh, Gabe Newell over at steam, he's very much against NFTs and crypto. So uh, Epic games is like, well, we want to be the future of game stores to host, uh, you know, web three based uh, content and crypto and NFTs. So that's your too long. Didn't read of the uh, NFT game that uh, Epic Games is going to be dropping onto their store. But what I did want to talk about was that Epic Games is, is dropping the Block 2.0 and they're going to their players for rebuilding tilted towers. So players are going to have, going to have the opportunity to show off builds uh, to to kind of see, like, you know, tell Epic Games, hey, like, I think this is what tells a tower should look like when it comes back, that sort of stuff. I think it's really cool. Definitely uh, a great thing to have. Any anytime a, a publisher, developer, whatever the right word is, um, <laughs> wants to go to the players to introduce aspects into the game, that is the sort of stuff that players go back ten years later and go, "Man, you remember when they included that like one like little yeah. like rebuild that like all the players could like have a say on like that." That's the the kind of stuff that reminds me of of Halo and the Forge yeah. world and stuff like that. Like it was crazy. It was crazy yeah. what they could include into Halo Three and Halo Reach, and Halo the, Four. The block is is awesome. So I, I don't know if you know that the they used to have the block, and the block is basically a POI on the Fortnite map that every month it's a random community generated map or community generated you know generated POI. Uh huh. Right. It's it was so cool, dude. They used to have the most intricate things in this block. And the best part is, is it would change once a month. Dude, I would say this is this was one of the best things that they ever had in Fortnite was the block. Uh, and I think they're they're bringing it back. Maybe the first submission is to rebuild Tilted Towers. Yeah. But I would be really surprised if they didn't leave it in. Dude, it was so much fun. And it was great for the people who you know didn't really want to play competitive Fortnite. They wanted to build maps. Right. You know Building Fortnite maps is fun. Everything in Fortnite is fun. Um, so getting your community involved can't hurt. I think this is awesome. Yeah, seriously, it's uh, it's pretty, it's pretty sick, pretty sick, nasty. Excited to see how it how it comes along. Now, uh, I'm gonna skip one of these articles that we have listed third to kind of go on to something that's very, very similar, and has me not impressed whatsoever. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Reportedly introducing a map editing feature to Call of Duty. I'm not impressed. And the, for the people who are like, oh my gosh, this is so groundbreaking for Call of Duty. It's like every other game at some point in time, following the steps of Halo and other games before Halo 2 for map editors, like, come on. It's yeah. not It's not original. I, it's I cool. It's cool, but... You know, for for an article site to be like, reportedly, Call of Duty is introducing a map editor. It's like, does the game need a map editor? I don't know if COD is a game that re is really like has a community being like, yo, we want to create custom maps. Like, I agree it, with that. Too. It, it sounds cool. But it's, you know, the, the point of the game is is not that you can build. Right. It's just that you're killing people 
on on maps that you know extremely well right yeah it, it's it, it's that's what valorant does valorant falls in line with what cod does valorant's not trying to you know uh rebuild maps for with players giving insight right it's like mm. yo we have pre-built maps and your goal is to get as good as at uh you know no scoping as possible i agree you know part of what competitive quality is is it's understanding the spawns right it's understanding the exact timing of when someone because you know cod is so instant yeah, shooter be shot, and in 0.3 seconds, if if you're not aware, you're dead. Um, you know, this is probably not for competitive COD. Um, it doesn't really say it's zombie focused, which you know may be a little bit cooler. Um, but you know, just being able to change where people spawn, you know, being able to change the location of the points, right? This is all going to be in private matches too. I'm going to guess basically no one uses this. We'll have to see. I mean, maybe it makes, you know, a big statement, but uh, even or maybe it's not even in the game. This is just a reported like, uh, you know, uh, it's sort of a rumor, but, you know, we'll see. You know how that stuff sort of goes. Yeah, it's One, crazy though that, you know, they're basically they're basically reliving their their glory days by going back to Modern Warfare. And now they're you know pushing Modern Warfare 2, which was obviously such a huge game. Yeah, uh, they're literally just, you know, redoing everything. Um, we'll see. I, you know, personally, I think the Vanguard game was absolutely horrible. I think that the Treyarch engine that's a little bit bouncier, a little bit more exact uh, and a little bit, you know, more gamified is much better. Um, you know, it allows for a lot more fun and just bouncing around and moving fast. You know, the new engine to me, it's too quick, right? You, you kill someone in half a quarter of a second. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you, you know, you need more room for variation in the game. Good take, man. Good take. You know, I, I didn't play as much COD back in the day compared to Halo. So I, uh, I'm i with you there, which is why I'm not impressed. It's like Forge World was around forever. Like that was a big part of Halo. Community made maps. Yeah. But uh, I, I just don't look at COD as being like a, yeah, I need to place like a few crates here, maybe a building here. Like this will be a, a great point to like kind of snipe from. I don't know. It's just like doesn't it doesn't click well in my head for that franchise. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Okay. Up next, this is this is great. This is awesome. So how many times have you been playing Valorant, right? And you get into a clutch moment and then all of a sudden your teammates start shouting bloody murder into your freaking ears. And you're like, oh my God, can you guys just shut up? Ah, please, please. I'm trying to clutch the game here, trying to listen for my opponent running away from me as I'm trying to win the game. So in Valorant's next patch, um, they are introducing the clutch mute update, which will allow you to toggle toggle mute That's instantly awesome. your entire team during a clutch moment so that you can focus on the clutch and not on your teammates distracting you. It's so funny when you're doing, when you're playing video games with the team and like, you know, it, it's incredibly true that when you're in a clutch moment, every single one of your teammates is giving you a suggestion. They're all giving you different suggestions. Someone's blowing his nose. Uh, and I think this is, this is really <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you know, them thinking about the players because I mean, I'm going to guess people do get frustrated with that uh, and that may make them not want to play the game as much. Right. So great for Valorant for realizing that. Um, yeah, but this is, you know, I don't know if it's a huge problem, but it is there. 
right? When you play games with, with random people, they say random things and sometimes they're distracting. Uh, so it's a good thing for them to add. True. Very, very, very true. So I'm happy to see it. Happy for those people that are lucky enough to get into a clutch scenario. I'm usually <laughs> dead by then, so it's never me. Um, and if it is me, it's because I was hiding. So, you know, it's, it is what it is. Is what it is. Okay. Enough of the esports. Let's move on to some NFT-based news right now. So Variety, very popular website and uh, magazine, as we know, posting about something that we've been talking about for many weeks now, many months, is um, the Board Ape Yacht Club theft underscores a rising risk of NFT ownership. I think it's a little bit of a clickbaity title, uh, most mostly because there is always risk when entering into a decentralized space where there is not consumer protection, which is a topic we'll get to in a little bit here. Um, but you know, it's, it's do your own research. It's know what you're putting your verified, verified wallet that you have personally into something, right? If you're going to put it, if you're going to sign your wallet away, you better freaking know somebody who's done the same thing to that project or you know exactly where that signature is going to. Otherwise, you are you're up to get scammed. Now, this article goes into like all the recent uh, exploits, phishing hacks, and it kind of has a it has a wonderful diagram. Actually, uh, number one was the Rona network hack from Axie, which was uh, sad to see, but you know it was there, um, and it's kind of crazy to see. The millions of dollars that have been stolen uh, out of NFTs and in the space in general, but I mean, you know, it's. I think at this point, you you just say it's the nature of the space, and then you move on, you know. And, and it's like, well, if you want to get into it and invest, it's a risk. Same thing with stocks. I mean, you know, the look at. I love the uh, a great example is. During COVID, all the people pumping AMC and GameStop, right? Like there's there's a lot uh, more deeper stuff to that conversation, but there was always a risk getting involved with with GameStop and AMC with those stocks, that sort of thing. You know, people were pumping it up, and then eventually people were like, "Well, uh, it's been pumped up enough that I've made enough money, I'm gonna back out." Or you know, the biggest difference though, obviously, is that. No one is going to go take your stocks because you sig you sign over your stock portfolio, right? Uh, I think that's the biggest difference because obviously with NFTs, these are pieces that you own, IP that you physically have. The article actually goes into uh, to talk about Fred, the uh, NFT board oh ape from from uh, Seth Green as well. So mm. like this this article was like all encompassing about the latest NFT scandals and phishing hacks and that sort of stuff. So it's it's a good one. It's a good one to kind of catch up on all the wonderful wackiness of the NFT world and everything that's been stolen, but uh, not the most positive light to share on the space. I, I will say that. Yeah, you know, it's just the nature of the industry being so young. I would say, uh, you know, more work will be done to to help out with this kind of stuff. I know there's browsers that do a good job with it. I think there's a browser called DuckDuckGo. Um. But just in general, you know, I think it's it, people will learn over time. It, you know, it is really unfortunate right now, but it's, you know, it's, it's not something that can really be forcefully avoided. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know, it's it is what it is. But you know what? Okay, similar to this, I'll skip over the Gary V story uh, and I'll come back to it. So, just Justin, uh, actually, the past few hours this morning, uh, a bill was introduced to Congress about sweeping legislation for NFTs and crypto. Uh, once again, this is not new, but what is new is that this is not for monetary gain for the government, but rather for consumer protection. I think that was the biggest thing that I got out of it, was that yeah. they want to see the IRS regulate and define more things in the crypto space, right? Back in March, we had an executive order from President Biden asking the U.S. Treasury to look into maybe the U.S. should be developing its own cryptocurrency, right? That that sort of thing. Um, this is a step towards, well, look, like there's a lot of illicit stuff that happens in the crypto space because it is at its nature decentralized. So that's that's exactly what it's made for in some aspects, which is why people like to villainize crypto and, and NFTs. They're like, oh, it's just used for drugs and, and money and, and trafficking, right? And it's like, well, yeah. not, not exactly, but I mean, yes, it, it could be used for that if you're smart. Like that, it's just, you know, it's anonymous, right? So that's, that's part of the goal. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of, this bill probably isn't going to pass fast enough before midterm elections come up. It is 2022. We're getting a lot closer. Uh, you know, people aren't sure if this will really go anywhere. Um, it just kind of might sit dead in the house. It's kind of what happens. Um, Cause there are a lot of pro crypto people in Congress already. Senator Cory Booker is actually a longstanding advocate for, uh, you know, pro crypto, pro NFTs, that sort of stuff. And uh, some other senators are too. And you got to wonder at what point uh, when uh, we start seeing politicians getting paid off by by big crypto, big NFT. <laughs> you know, I think that'd be hilarious to hear about how like, you know, big crypto companies like imagine the Binance smart chain, like paying off senators to like, you know, do something in their favor. Right. Whether it be law or I, I don't even know, bro. Like it just it just be yeah. crazy. You know, it's it's crazy that that recent um kind of open sea uh you know scam or uh kind of government intervention that guy only stole 20 like that is so little for what you know price he's gonna have to pay um you know i i think it, you know you're right it could get a lot bigger than that but um, speaking of that that's the next article jacob so let's talk about that the biggest thing and takeaway from that uh, like charge on that that guy for insider trading is that it was not the SEC to charge him, but rather the DOJ. The Department of Justice is getting involved, and that's where that that's what has people scared shitless. They're yeah. like, they're like, oh, the SEC, no big deal. The DOJ, oh shit, like this is this is reaching a like a a real level of seriousness. Yeah, and so uh. This article was talking about how the arrest heard around the crypto world, which is a play on words for the shot heard around the world from the start of the Revolutionary War, which I grew up in Concord, so I would know. Right. But, but putting that aside, um, you know, people are definitely 
paying attention to this because how do you classify insider trading, right, in in the NFT space? Because I'm going to be honest with you, Jacob. I'm going to be honest, right? You and I have been familiarized with the term alpha, which is where groups will let people know that a project will take off and get pumped, right? That sort of thing. That's part of the idea. That 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 project has blue chip promise. Tell me that that is not some form of insider trading, right? It's private and alpha groups, right? You're muted, by the way. I know. I think there was an ambulance going by, but um, tell me that that is not some type of form of in, of insider trading. I feel like it is. I think I think it is too. Yeah. Right. And so I think there are a lot of those groups. There are tons of well, and but then at the same time, it's like, well, what do you call it? A group of guys getting together trying to pick a group of stocks to invest in for the next twenty years. Is that insider trading? Obviously not. It's not because there's like there's uh, like a real meaning the insider trading, which is having pertinent information about said security before it goes public or something like that, right? So yeah. the DOJ was classifying that those NFTs that that guy stole or like knew about as securities. That was the biggest issue. Yeah. So I, I think they actually did not classify them as securities. Um, I, I think that was like, they basically got them on everything besides securities fraud. Um, that's at least what I was heard. I was told last night. So okay. you know, oh, I'm sorry. That- they described them as digital assets. That's, yeah. that's the term. He, he got charged with asset fraud but not security fraud. Oh, that's good. Um, so oh, okay, it's interesting. Okay. They could not call them securities or they weren't you know, willing to call them securities, um, which is interesting, right? Yeah, seriously. I mean, I think there are people, people are like, oh, oh crap, I got to be careful. You know, regulatory commissions, central authorities coming for my decentralized finances. I mean, a little bit. I think it is. Although... I think it's good to have a little bit of consumer protection, just maybe just a tiny bit. I mean, I think we've seen that with anything in history, right? The government has stepped in to help people in a time of need, but it depends on your political stance on whether or not you want the government to be stepping in for anything. And that's a whole other can of worms that we won't open here. That's okay. Absolutely. Okay. Going back, Gary V. So this finance Yahoo article, of course, Yahoo is writing on Gary V because what else do they have better to write on? Um, Gary V hosted VCon. I've seen lots of pictures, uh, TikToks, videos, all this sort of stuff. Like people's like the st- it makes it feel like Gary V is a freaking life changing prophet for people, <laughs> which in some cases he is. He's a motivational speaker at his base, right? I feel like he definitely is. He could be yeah. a good a good life coach for a lot of people. Very motivating. The 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 picture perfect entrepreneur who will go to yard sales, rip local people off, and then flip it on eBay somehow really quickly. Uh, probably having an intern take care of those eBay sales at this point. Uh, probably not him. But putting that aside, this article uh, it, it's got some. Gary V wisdom, some charisma, some charm. Um, and you know, I think, uh, I think something to be critical of is that during VCon, you know, we have gone through a, a big NFT crash 
And so it's really interesting to see all of these people getting together for a giant NFT convention and having to accept that, you know, other NFTs, and including, I th I'm sure Gary V's project was not exempt from this, right? I haven't seen V friends on that top list on OpenSea in a while, yeah. right? And so I think, you know, there is some criticism of uh, a, cor a market correction, which is what Gary V wanted, was talking about the most. He's like, he's like, look, the market was due for a correction. It's happening. It's not done yet, but eventually we'll go back to better times is basically what he said. And I mean, it's kind of funny to just, you know, that if you're a follower of Gary V, right, you're probably just like, oh, Gary V, my dad, he's so right. He's so right. Daddy, Gary, daddy V, I will listen to anything you say. Really? You know, something like that. Right. Um, it's funny. At VCon, <laughs> I follow this guy on Instagram who basically mocks Gary V. He'll make like Gary. Yes. Harry. Yeah. They had him. Right. Yeah. So funny. Gary, Gary embraces it. Cause he knows the viral power of yeah. these impersonators, bro. It, it's so funny. And so Gary used it to his own, like to, to weaponize his own, like himself. Yeah. Weaponize awesome. in, in a good way. I don't mean in a bad way. Like, you know, he's, he's using the ammunition of social media parody in the best way towards himself. He's not afraid to be the butt of the joke because his butt of the joke is going to make him millions and millions of more dollars. That's yeah. what it's going to do. And that's what it has done. So dude's rich. He is, he has not, he's publicly been like, yeah, I've made a lot of money off of my NFTs. Like he's, right. he's not hiding it, you know, but he wants to be the owner of what the New York, New York uh, giants, right. Or the, the jets, New York jets. That wouldn't yeah. surprise me. I mean, that's, a shitty the team that own, that's the thing is like, but he's, he, dude, what he's going to do it one day. I'm, I'm just waiting. Time. I'm just waiting for it to happen. Like yeah. he's talked about it for the longest time. I feel like it's the last thing that he just hasn't done yet. And he's going to get there by selling NFTs, bro. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Speaking of selling NFTs, uh, building in, in New York was put up as an NFT for sale. Uh, Real estate USA put up or USA real estate. Should I say, uh, this firm put up a New York building as uh, NFT for sale. Pretty cool. Yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, check it out. Um, they put it up on OpenSea or something. I don't know what they put it up on, but uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, OpenSea with a ETH fifteen thousand ETH price tag. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's what they're saying. Most transactions of the size take three to four months before signing a contract. This NFT, you know, we'll see if it will, you know, basically have it be sold, you know, a lot quicker than that. I think it could. Right? And I think someone's already reached out and, you know, it's an interesting thing, you know, buying out a, a house completely in ETH on a website and, you know, hoping that the real estate agent is going to reach out to you after you do so. Um, we'll see. It could be the start of something new. Could be cool. I mean, hey, if you were an early whale of ETH and you want to buy a building in New York City, go for it. Go for it. Let let your wildest dreams come true. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Okay. Last but certainly not least, more government regulation, but for the consumer good. That's the theme today. Consumer protection from the government. They are here to help you, folks, not to take away more money for now. Tax season is done for now. And uh, you don't have to worry about it for another year. 
But uh, the UK government is regulating chargers for tablets, phones, computers. This is something that's been in the news. I've seen it repeatedly, but it's actually been enacted into law at this point. Yeah. So uh, they are going to be requiring, uh, you know, makers of phones, that sort of stuff, to have like a universal port, USB-C for chargers. I think this is awesome. I think this is amazing. Bro, <laughs> I've had enough, enough of having to buy five different chargers for five different Apple products, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. They, they, they really went like, just give us money when they did that. Right. That's just so obviously a, a, a money play. And I don't know, it, it, at the end of the day, we're, you know, it's still Apple. They're still have such a good reputation and are doing so well, but that kind of pissed me off. Right. When they started doing that and just continue to do it. So this is good. I think this is, I mean, this is the EU is taking, taking one for the team here. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah. You know, this is a great example of governments fighting back against the corporations that get brought up inside of those governments that then become bigger than those governments. But then the governments still have the authority over those companies that may be bigger than the governments that that exist. Right. Yeah. Capitalism at its finest right there. Um especially true in America, but that's the fun. I think that's the funniest part about the balance of capitalism is that these companies get so big that they can amass wealth sometimes more than the government, but then the government itself are the people who create wealth and who print money. And so it's impossible for you to, to be bigger than the government when the government has the authority to shut you down for whatever. Right. So it's, it's a balancing act and uh, the government will step in to protect the people if needed. And in this case, it's protecting them from <laughs> having to need five, five different chargers for five different devices. I mean, if there is universal, uh, you know, if there's a universal way to charge a device, why not do it for simplicity's sake? You know, so it's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, we're, we're still going to have all the adapters be different in every country. Um, but you know, this sure. is one step in the right direction. Well, yeah, that's completely different. The adapt the adapter for a wall charger is not the same as, you know, Samsung, Apple, and uh, you know, let's say Windows, right? Whatever. Uh, all let's say they all put out a phone. They all have a different charger. Although Micro and Samsung, uh, Microsoft and Samsung typically go with like micro USB, or in today's climate, they go with USB C, anyways. So it's really Apple that's probably going to have to hop on board this train, um, which absolutely yeah. I, I didn't mention it, but they did just have a big conference showing off iOS 16, some new yeah. uh, new compute, new new and improved computers. I think the um, iPad software was the biggest thing they were pushing. Yes, because pushing you're, it, iPad to be more a computer, less a phone. Right. It's interesting. I, I like it, but at the same time, why not just buy a computer? You know, I there is value to the iPad. The iPad is it's interesting. My parents love the iPad because you can draw on it, right, and take notes like that. Sure. And then you can also, you know, hook it up to a little case and use it like a computer. Yeah. iPad's crazy powerful, man. I mean, it's crazy cool. Uh, I wish I always I always wish I had one. I don't know how like useful I would actually be with it, um, which I think is kind of what you're trying to say. But yeah. uh, for some people, I think it's really game changer. Well, I was never an iPad kid, right? I wasn't playing Fruit Ninja on the iPad or 
or yeah. uh, you know, watching Cocomelon and coughing and eating pretzels and getting a mess everywhere. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever seen those TikToks where it's like adults imitating like iPad kids and toddlers. <laughs> They're like in like a weird position on their knees, like crouched over like a like a weird service, like coughing and like their face is covered in like schmutz from like whatever food they had been. Con- it's hilarious, bro. It's it's yeah. a meme. It's a meme for sure. But uh, yeah, don't count out the iPad, folks. That's you heard it here first. Jacob, right here, just going off, going off on the iPad. Absolutely. Well, folks, this has been a fantastic episode. Thank you so much for taking a listen, uh, watching us on the live stream, watching this video. Be sure to subscribe, like, leave a comment below, uh, follow along on Spotify and our other streaming platforms as well. Uh, we always have more going on here at Zen Sports. The Zen Sports Podcast Network has a wonderful plethora of podcasts for you to choose from between esports forever, betting matters, um, and, and more. You know, whenever there are other episodes of other podcasts coming out. And uh, one more time, big shout out to EMP.Money, our sponsor here. Uh, they are a sponsor for the podcast, for our uh, esport tournaments and all. It's, it's really fantastic to have them on board as we uh, go along and share with you, you know, the updated esports, NFT, and crypto news. That's all we got time for today, folks. Until next time, we out.